right, late night Leafs talk. J.D. Bunkus, Sam McKee. Gotta tell you, I don't like the late starts. No, I don't. I don't like the late starts. But guess what? It felt worth it tonight watching that third period. I think the Flames finished with five shots in that third. Toronto just took everything away. And I know that that Flames team is pretty ice cold, but... Oh, Sammy, I think you're frozen. No, you're back. All right. Am I moving around? I know that Flames team has been pretty (laughs) crappy. Yeah, you're a little glitchy. You're a little Uh slow tonight. Your your comp is not really doing it. Um, That was awesome. That was like a different feeling to that win tonight for the Leafs. They just, they felt heavy. They felt tight. They felt just kind of crisp. It, I, I loved it. Yeah, I used to love these late starts in my like early 20s. I used to be like, oh, late night Leafs. It's going to be exciting. I can't wait for it. And now I'm like, nine o'clock? Are you kidding me? So, uh, yeah, I agree with you on that. And you're right. I don't want to hear any complaints from you when I have to do my deadline show at 9 a.m. tomorrow yeah. and you get the waltz into the studio at the yeah. crack of noon and you're like, oh, you, uh. your morning routine is lay in bed and watch TikToks for an hour, warm up. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear it from you ever. Yeah, you know, I got to wake up about the crack at 9.30 a.m. tomorrow. It's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to miss the first oh. half of your show, buddy. I'm going to be snoring. Okay. Um, I, Yeah. I got to tell you, as discouraged as I was after last night, I am equally as encouraged after the third period of tonight's hockey game. Tonight's hockey game, you know, I thought they were a little bit sort of scattered throughout the first couple periods. I thought you could kind of see them building momentum, finding a little bit of chemistry, finding their game a little bit in the third. I'm sorry, in the second period. And then once that third started, it was just men against boys out there. The dominance in the Leafs' physical play, their cycle game, their the crispness of their passes, you know, just everything, that is the type of hockey that I watch happen in the playoffs all the time, where it's Dude. like these heavy, grinded-out games, and I didn't know that the Leafs were capable of playing a game like that, and I guess these new additions kind of have added to that, but man, that was a really, really encouraging third period. I don't think I've liked a boring 2-1 win more than I've liked this one in a long time. 100% right. You know, I felt the same thing you did. Like, in the first period, I thought, I wonder how long it's going to take for this team to feel like they have chemistry. Mm-hmm. Like, that that it fits. And I know it's a little bit of an odd night where you're rolling the 7-D, right? And so there's already a little bit of awkwardness to that. But as the game went on, you're, you're right. It just it felt like... We saw them go from being a team that wasn't really figuring it out and didn't really feel like they were all fitting together. And then by the end of the game, it was, oh, wow, I see the entire formula here. Yeah, they were absolutely rolling their guys. Like, it just felt like wave after wave of guys. Like, so I love mixing in the Marner because, you know, you have this style of play that they can clearly play tonight. And then you mix in the breathtaking skill of Marner and, you know, Matthews when he's playing and Nylander when he's not you know, kind of coasting on the back check here and there like he was tonight. But I I really just think the mix, if it can look like this consistently, is a winning mix. Like just having the heaviness and the cycle game on your bottom half of your lineup on, up front and on the back end, I know we're going to get to, it's coming home, he's coming home, tell your friends. Uh, so I'll get to Luke Shen in a bit, but yeah, it just seemed like a really, really good mix tonight. I was impressed, man. They looked Completely heavy. Agree. Completely agree. And that that's the, that's the perfect word for it. 
team felt heavy tonight. It was just a lot of Leaf players finishing their checks. This sounds really cliche. I can't believe I want to say this, but it just felt like they were getting the puck in deep and that they were <laughs> on. They, Pucks they were, were in deep tonight. They were. were in, they were in deep tonight. And yes. the Leafs' pursuit of those pucks that went in deep was meaningful. And mm. then you're right. They were just. They mixed that in perfectly. I thought Kerfoot was just flying. To, there was like oh eight God. Kerfoot moments. Maybe his tonight. best it, game of the maybe his best game as a Leaf, but that it was quantified by him not being able to score ever. <laughs> it, it was truly the perfect Kerfoot game where he went, "Oh, this feels like playoffs. I'm going to make a bunch of smart plays, but yeah. I'm going to get two wide open looks at the net, and I'm going to find ways to get one that doesn't even make it to the net, and then the other miss a wide open cage. So yeah, quintessential uh... Kerfoot night." But that was it, dude. It was, other than him, it felt like Marner was the guy with just a ton of possession tonight. He was carrying the puck brilliantly all night long. I've mm -hmm. said this before. I've taken heat. I'm going to double down on it again later in the season. This is Mitch Marner's team this season. Like, it's just, oh. this is, it. it is what it is. Like, last year is last year. That was when Matthews won the heart. This year, it's been Mitch Marner's team. And all game long, again tonight, He's just driving play magic after magic. The first goal of the game is just, again, this guy's doing video game stuff right now. Mm -hmm. He's just doing, it's, it's funny because he, oh, I think you oh. said this, but it's so true. He's doing what Connor Bedard does. He looks like Bedard, except yeah. for NHL. They're at, the whole league's freaking out. The TSN lads are doing their oh, song and dance. I'm like, God, we boy. already have Bedard in the league. <laughs> it's Mitch Marner. Just the shot maybe isn't as heavy, but he found one. To, he found a way to score tonight. I, I loved the way they looked. And, and I'm going to say this, too. It is so refreshing seeing guys finish checks. Mm -hmm. Like, Noel Achari, my heart for right. this guy <laughs> He just finishes every check. He never leaves one on the table. It's just if he sees a guy in the sights, he finishes it time after time after time. Anyway, yeah, this was a very exciting win. I'm really trying not to get too high like I didn't get too low yesterday. That just felt like if you're Kyle Dubas and you're up there watching tonight, you went, ha, see dorks? <laughs> yeah, so to go back to your Marner's team thing, there is no question who they are looking to when they need a big goal or they need a big moment or they need a big assist or they need you to, for the level of the play to go up, he has been by far their best player this year. Like it's not, there's no, I don't think even the most diehard of Matthews fan would sit here and argue you that uh, Matthews has been better this year or has been the better player. Like there's just no comparison between the two. Like Marner has been by far the MVP. So I think, you know, the, the, the it's Marner's team argument is a little different one than who's been the best player. I think it's kind of a you're splitting hairs there, a bit of a semantics battle in terms of what that means. You mean but, you right now? No. Well, yeah, it's a bit <laughs> of a semantics thing. Like whose team is it like, you know, you think about who's the superstar, who's selling the most jerseys, who's like the face of the franchise. Like, you you kind of think of it still as Matthews. No, the that's best still Matthews. Yeah, that's the, what the I mean. The optics but, of it are Matthews. But yeah, I'm saying but, I think it's Mitch's team everywhere else. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. He's been unbelievable. And he was the absolute engine again tonight. He could have had a hat trick easily. The only Mitch Marner quibble I will have is when they were going down on the two on one and it's an empty net and he's trying to feather a backhand sauce across to Nolachari when it's like you have no support going the other way and the puck goes back the other way. I'm like, maybe just put that in deep there, Mitch. Don't need a backhand sauce across the slot. But anyways, sure. that's my only nitpick. <laughs>
Yeah, it was fine. I just, yeah. he was, this is like the game they stunk yesterday against the Oilers. Mm-hmm. Marner was still really good. Yep. And, good. and tonight they're brilliant. And Marner somehow is just even better. The steadiness in which he's playing right now, mm-hmm. the the calmness that he's playing with, where again, there's just it doesn't feel like anything's overly rushed with Mitch Marner right now. And you saw, I thought, a, a nice game for Matthews. Like he had more jump tonight, I thought, Absolutely. for a lot of it. But it was a pee pee whack night for Austin. The, what? It was a pee pee whack night for Austin. Like he yeah, know he, had, he knows how bad he was last night, and he knew that he had to like take it up a level tonight. And he did. He, he definitely did. Yeah. He definitely did. So kudos to him for doing it. I would mm-hmm. say a little too like a little bit too late considering mm-hmm. you played McDavid the night yes. before and you completely no showed. But I thought again, Marner just puts him in so many incredible situations to succeed. Absolutely. No doubt. Like he's just putting it on a platter for him. He should have had a couple <laughs> tucks tonight off. That that pass that he made to him when he had that like sort of slingshot shot along the ice. That like yeah. cross slot sauce through like six sticks right on the tape. He's just on another level offensively, Marner. So give him we give yeah. him his credit every night, but he was just incredible again tonight. Yeah, but he but he deserves it on nights like yeah. this. Like he was just how how entertaining was tonight's game watching him? It was the best part of the game in terms yeah, of off like, uh, in terms of offensively. Uh, well, he's the best part. Yeah, well, okay. offensively he was the best yes. part. Okay. The best part. Of We've the gone game. too long. <laughs> <laughs> The Etobicoke dads are about to take over. Buddy, the amount of texts uh, in Leafs oh, yeah. group chats and from the old boys club that I think we are now in right now of just <laughs> the words like love and the number two. Mm-hmm. If if there was like trending for text messages of guys <laughs> 30 years old and up, <laughs> love and two would be the the records in the city right now. Luke Shen. Okay. How many minutes did he play? I actually don't know. If I, yeah, would, if I was going to guess, I would, if I was going to guess, I would say 13 or 14. Low. Was not, it, it was not a overly healthy night from a minute standpoint. I think it's even less than that. Yeah. He played 10. basically 11 minutes. It's 10. Yeah. 1042. Yeah. Uh, so played 11 minutes tonight. Guess what? Noticed him in way on every one of those minutes uh things that matter what he did tonight Mm -hmm. i I, again it's it's funny he had one shift where he got his line was uh or his pairing was hemmed in a little bit the line was hemmed in a little bit there were a couple scoring chances and it was funny because i went from a data standpoint this would probably look bad because these are chances against and possession against all these different things shen was doing all the good stuff during that possession clearing the front of the net, making sure that he was putting a stick in a body on somebody, making sure the puck was getting cleared from out front when it landed mm-hmm. there. He actually is the guy that gets the puck out. The puck, And what does he do? He's putting his lumber in guys' backs, mm-hmm. in Kadri's ribs, in, yeah, Huberto's back. He's grabbing people. He's just really big, which mm-hmm. is so refreshing for this team. He's trying to block shots. He's making smart plays like he does not snap it the way that like Jake McCabe and Morgan Riley do. That's pretty clear. But still nothing dumb tonight. Nothing. Everything kind of just keeping it simple, simple plays lays. His first play of the game is a major hit. I just some guys have presence, dude. And the guy who leads the NHL and hits is one of them. And Luke Shen just welcome. Welcome home, son. Welcome home. 
Welcome to be loved. I can't wait till he gets back to this city. The first time he touches the puck, there is a hundred percent going to be a pop. Oh yeah. I listen. It was really, you know, it's a complicated relationship with him because of what he was built up as when the Leafs drafted him so high and we all like the human eraser and him and the world juniors. And it was just like, it was such a stud top prospect and we were all so excited about him. Right. And year one was, and oh, it's year one. We're like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. And then it kind of went sour here and he got traded for JVR, which turned out to be a good trade for the Leafs because JVR gave him a lot of good years and he's a top 100 Leaf of all time somehow. But um, I just, to have him come back in his interview with Masters in the intermission, did you see that? He was so like reflective and appreciative of just the chance to come back to Toronto and play on a good team. And he was talking about how like, they were so bad when he was here the first time and like you never really got a chance and it was a weird sort of situation to play on that team and like how to come back and play on this team. The the passion per 60 is absolutely off the charts, buddy. Okay. Like I can just tell you right now that this guy is going to give his heart and soul and blood and tears to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And listen, he's probably going to play around this much most nights. Like, I would imagine, like, he's not going to be up in the 15, 16 range very often unless something goes horribly bad, and he might sit out here and there for them. I know what, like, listen, I'm not getting too horned up about the expectations for Luke Shen, but just that having an expectation. No, no, man. but he's no, going to be, no. he's gonna be not getting out of the lineup. Old, but he just looked, he, you're right. The word, the word that you mentioned is perfect, presence. He's a big dude who doesn't overcommit on plays, stands in front of the net, gets the puck out, cross-checks guys, buries guys, and then they look at him and he's a monster and they don't want to go him. He's a presence. Dude, it's a nice addition. How many times this year, I'm, I'm not even trying to do this like, uh, how many times this year did a guy go in the crease and the whistle get blown and they got mugged by a Leaf player? Zero times. Conservative tonight. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right him. away. Yes. Huberto is around the rookie goalie and Luke Shen goes... You are going to pay with this lumber. <laughs> Just cross your him a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For no reason. And like, I yes. loved it. Pay the price. Yes. Pay the price. You're going to do stuff like that. You're going to go to yes. those areas and Luke Shen's around. You will pay the price. And he did that tonight. It was perfect. I loved yeah. every second of it. Yeah. I loved all of those 11 minutes. Uh, I wish My I favorite could get minutes a, of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Just do, Just do a cut of all of Luke Shen's 11 minutes and just let me sit here. I'll stay up. I'll rewatch every one of those 11 minutes before bedtime uh, happily. Anyway. Yeah. There's definitely a nostalgia piece to it, but of course I, I, but I, I just, I liked it. Buddy, we're talking to leaf fans. It's leaf fans watching the show. It's leaf fans. listening to the show. There's no, no there's leaf fan. Flames fans in the chat. Yeah, well, yeah. And like, but yeah. there's no leaf fan like of our vintage or a little, you know, older, a little younger that yeah. don't, have feel this kind of way about Luke Shen. Luke Shen is an important guy in this sort of Leaf fan lore, right? Like he was one of their biggest prospects that they drafted and everyone was super excited about him. So well, he was the first and, guy that was really like the pick because yes. everyone wanted high draft picks, high yes. draft picks. And they finally got one. It was and him. He, and he was, he's a great guy. Luke's troops, like the whole thing. Like he's a yep. really sort he's a great guy off the ice, obviously. So it's just exciting to have him back, and I'm really, really hoping that they can go on a long run for him and have him in the mix because it's just it's awesome to see him back with Toronto. Love it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember who the other guy was because Shen was five. 
Mm-hmm. But that was a Tavares draft, right? Yeah, because yeah. everyone was like disappointed that there was no, no. I think no, no, no. The Tavares draft was the year before. This was the the Stamkos draft. It went oh, Stamkos. Right. It went yeah. Dowdy, mm. and then I I I want to say it was Zach Bogosian. Correct. And then there's one other defenseman that went ahead of him that was really good, and mm. it's he, I can't remember it. Uh, you want Angelo? Yes, out of boy. Yeah. Yeah, Petrangelo. Yeah, Petrangelo. Anyway, yeah. that and Luke Shen went to five, and then year one, he was just he looked amazing, and everyone went, maybe they got the right guy, maybe they got the best guy. Boy, no, the boy, that draft fell off a cliff. Oh my god! After those guys, yeah, yeah, like Nikita Filatov, Colin Wilson, Mikhail Bodker, Josh Bailey, Cody Hodgson. It was not. It did oh, not. Cody go Hodgson uh, had a moment. Sent, poor, those uh, those Canucks fans just wanted that to be a real thing for so long. Uh, anyway, um, what else do I got? I'm just uh, checking the notes. Oh, yeah. Um, the opposite of Shen's debut was Gustafson. I, I don't really <laughs> want to bury the guy, but the first goal of the game, <laughs> a power play where they go, hey, this guy's thing is that he could be the power play two guy. And Yarncroft does throw him a grenade. Oh, my God. It was an absolute missile launcher. Hardest yeah. pass of his life right along the dasher board with a guy breathing down his neck. It just was so, a horrible bounce. Hey. Kudos to Yarncroft because, hey, Morgan Riley on the second goal, obviously that's a Morgan Riley play. He beats the guy mm-hmm. to the puck, and then he flips yeah. it back towards the net. But good job by Yarncroft finishing it, so he gets some yeah. credit. But what will you remember Yarncroft more for when you look back on his Leafs tenure? Uh, should they not win a cup? Like his grenade passing or his 10 feet over the net from in tight shots? <laughs> Listen, uh Yarncroft's the reason they put this, the the mesh above the glass. <laughs> yeah, like it is just, he, even with his like he is a grenade launcher oh, all yeah. the time. That's oh, yeah, like, not like a new. He's got thing one for him. speed kind of guy. Yeah. Like he skates hard, hard as hell, hard yeah. as hell skating, hard passes, hard shots yeah. that just smash off the end glass. Like the sound he it is. makes is like a gunshot when it hits the end glass. But he can he, once in a while he goes barred down. It looks great. He's like forward enough. Yeah. But uh, but Gustafson obviously yeah can't hold the puck against the wall goes the other <laughs> way. Blake Coleman sees a rookie goaltender gives him one little head fake and gets the easiest goal of his life. Hey, he settled in though. I thought Wall. Wall played great. Yeah, Wall he settled great. in. I, I don't want to be like overly enthusiastic about it, but no. I thought that he was just very solid and he did his job. And then again, the Leafs being a very mature team that made all the right plays was heavy and smart in the third. Mm-hmm. Never let him feel really any pressure in the third in the third period when it was like late and counted. But yeah, those first two periods after his goal, I mean, it's a weird one because that offside, the Kadri Oof. goal, he just rips it right by that him. Goal and that goal reeked. That was like that from the top of the was, circle. No, that's what I mean. That one was bad, but then the yeah. rest, but it didn't count. So yeah. we wipe it from our mm-hmm. memories, strike it from the record, and we remember Joe Wall for the night that he had tonight where he was good. I. It's weird. He's got a bit of a different style, eh? Like, the, he had mm-hmm. one play where the puck's behind the net, and he did the drop down and, like, the flare out the pads. I was like, all right, relax. <laughs> like, what do we... And then he just, he crouches and makes himself smaller than 6'3". Like, I, did, I don't like that I had to Google his and be confirmed that he actually is 6'3". I don't, I don't love bigger guys that play smaller, but, yeah, anyway, I don't want to be overly no. critical of a guy. He let in one goal tonight. He was solid. No, I got no complaints. I thought he was he played well, and like you said, they tightened the hell up. And the one grade A chance that they had that would have been in the back of the net, Justin Hall goes down and makes a shot block, and it goes out the other way. So it was good for him. He's playing hard, eh? Hall feels like he knows. 
yeah. Anyway, if they upgrade on Hall, fine. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know what it is about this fan God, base. God, people that, hate him. Holy. But just the, the degree of hate that he gets on mm. a given night for a $2 million guy who just kind of like kills penalties, plays hard, pretty much does his job. Like obviously he's not a perfect player, but yeah, there's a reason why this organization decided to move off of Rasmus Sandin real quick. Like, yeah. Anyway, I just, I don't think Hall is that bad. I ne- I don't see it. It's a thing where I go, yeah, obviously he's not like we want him to be exactly like what, What's the standard for him? Because I think he's definitely giving them surplus on two million bucks this year. Oh no question, he's give that that contract's been a steal for them the whole way yeah. through. Like it's right. it's really been a great contract for them. He's been playing. He plays twenty minutes a night. He leads their yeah. team in penalty kill minutes. Like people rag on him because it's it's a lot like the Jake Gardner thing. It's the glaring big bozo mistake. Like tonight, for example, where I thought he was really solid defensively. Supporting the puck, getting the puck out, doing this Justin Hall thing, not making too many plays. And then he fires that pizza right up the middle that ends up on, I forget whose stick it is, or it's Uyghur. And then he comes down and he hooks him, takes a penalty, puts him on the power play. And it's like once a game or twice a game, he makes the big glaring bozo mistake. And everyone's like, see, he stinks. And they don't see him in the trenches for the other 18 minutes a game battling with the other team's best players, taking cross checks and getting the puck out and doing things like he obviously has flaws. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Justin Hall is a perfect player. I mean, he's a $2 million defenseman who was an AHL bargain bin find. They trust him more than their seven and a half million dollar defenseman. He plays at the end of games more than their highest paid guy. Like it's that's that's what I mean. It's just, it's not, I I got it when it was the Cody CC's of the world coming in, making big money and, Mm -hmm. I got it when it was Tyson Berry making big money and like you're those kind of whipping boys. It's always just harder for me when it's a guy who, yeah, performs, I think, adequately. And like, again, I saw a poll and granted, you see these polls from accounts where you just know like what kind of fan. But (laughs) there was like 80, 20 people thinking that Connor Timmons is more valuable than him or should play over Justin Hall. And you're like, I know. Am I watching the same sport as you? It's offensive to me. It's it's that, insane. That hurts like, my feelings, quite honestly. That honestly, like, I want to stop the show because I feel like having to cry because I'm like, oh my god, I spend all this time talking. Just talk- <laughs> I know. I, we spend all this time talking about hockey, and like, I spend my whole life watching hockey, and eighty percent of people that watch the sport I watch think Connor Timmons is better. <laughs> Makes you sad, dude. Anyways, it's like, there's it's it's. And guess what? It, there's no hope for you people. No, like no, there's no hope it. for you. Like no, that's if that's it. if that's where you're at, there's no hope. Anyway, no. Uh, I thought Hall was fine again tonight. Yeah. Um, last check of the notes. Do you think he's here do do? by 3 p.m. tomorrow? Because I do. What? I do, like. Do you think he's gone by 3 p.m. tomorrow, Hall? Because I I think he's staying. I I think he's staying too. The only thing I keep thinking of. Well, there's two things. Mm. Um. I don't think the goalie thing is happening. I just don't see the, like, it's only John Gibson that's out there, and they're not going to do that, and the Soros thing feels far-fetched to me, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Would you have wanted quick? It still kind of feels like they could use a six guy that could play with Ryan O'Reilly if they want to decide that they get a little bit more scoring touch, like mm-hmm. balance throughout the lineup. But again, I'm not mad at it because ultimately those guys are going to become a checking line. And I love, actually, the idea of putting, like, camp. O'Reilly, Achari, or Lafferty, some combination of those guys together and just throwing them over the boards, having the matchup against Tampa's top line and saying, yeah, deal with that. 
Like, mm-hmm. have fun with those guys for however long. Like, they don't necessarily – I think that they could score a goal. I think that that group could still find a way to find offense. You even saw that one play tonight where uh, – I can't remember who it was that fed it into O'Reilly, and he just gets a little piece of the bat. I think it was Kerfoot again, actually. It was Kerfoot. Through the, it was actually yeah, he Kerfoot threw the again. legs. Like, of course. Yeah, and, and he just – he almost scores this nasty back end, and you go – that guy, that's how he's going to get playoff goals. Mm-hmm. Is something's going to come in tight, and he's just going to score one of those nasty ones on a Vasilevsky. Um, but then the other thing is, if they could find a proper partner for Morgan Riley, because that's the real issue. That's, that's the problem with the team right now, is they still, unless they want to move TJ Brody there, mm-hmm. then they don't have a perfect guy to play with Morgan Riley. And then if TJ Brody moves there, you've got two left got like you don't have a shutdown pairing then you're back to having hall as your heavy minute shutdown pairing with what mccabe yeah and then you've to got me, giordano and Liger. it just there's yeah. no it's it's weird they've got a lot of really good talent on the blue line but it still doesn't really feel like the puzzle pieces fit quite yet and so yeah that's going to be sort of i think a lot of the experimentation for the leafs is not actually going to be the forward groups because those guys are all just good you just mm-hmm. saw it tonight where they, they dress one forward less and they just figure out ways to roll the lines and make it work and everybody can play with everybody because they're all smart, good players. Morgan Riley being at the very top of the pile where you look at all your pieces and go, no, not not really. Like, that's too much Lilligren and now that's too much, like, not the right amount of Brody somewhere else. Like, what do you do with McCabe? It's just, it's a weird, it's a weird mix of guys. To me, it's very simple. You just put TJ Brody with Morgan Riley. And then you worry about the rest. Like, I, I, I think Jake McCabe is kind of a, I would say, poor man's TJ Brody in terms of what he can bring you. He's pretty quiet out there, defensive, good gap control, not spectacular offensively. Although, I've been impressed by his, you know, offensive instincts. Like, I think there's a moment where he catches the pass at the top of the circle. He gets a good shot on net. Like, he's got a good wrister, makes some good reads in the offensive zone. Like, I think I've been more impressed by him through the couple games than you have been, but I, I like what I've seen from him and they play, they were playing him right at the end of the game there. He was playing, he was on the ice at the end. I think he's built enough trust already. So to me, I'm lining up Riley with Brody and I'm figuring out the rest. You got to have Morgan Riley at his most comfortable going into the playoffs. There's no other option for me. All right. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with it, but I just, I think that's the one thing you actually know. So I'm doing a little bit more experimenting of the other guys. Plus it seems like Keith wants to have a shutdown pairing and that is McCabe with, Brody um, that is going to play the heaviest minutes uh, subscribe to this podcast leave five stars um, hit the thumbs up on YouTube and then yeah tomorrow I've got Paul Bizonet and show so does Sam later uh, so he'll be jumping on both of our shows Real Kipper and Born, the JD Bunkus podcast subscribe to those as well uh, listen all day on the fan 590 we got you covered it's just going to be wall to wall I got Ryan Getzlaff in too I'm excited about Ryan that Getzlaff. that's exciting yeah. Yeah, going to talk to him a little bit about uh, young Tavares in that 2014 Sochi team. Uh, mm. Isn't yeah, that, that when uh, Tavares tore his ACL? Uh, tore his and, knee? And, well, he played he played in five games in that tournament. Yeah, yeah I, think he I think it was the semis. Yeah, and at the yeah. end of the tournament, he ended up getting hurt. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to having, uh, having those guys in for the show. And then, yeah, thanks to everybody for listening to this one tonight, a late one. So back at it early. Going to hit the hay and then, oof, try to, try to go to sleep. Try to get out. a little bit of shut eye. This is right, me buddy. during your show tomorrow. And then waking up going TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> More than scroll, pal. All right. For uh, J.D. Bunkus, Sam McKee, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at J.D. Bunkus, at Sam A. McKee. We'll see you tomorrow.